Welcome, everyone. This is the Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and its local missions fellowship, the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. You can learn more about our ministries by going to breadoflifeboise.org. I'm glad you've joined us today. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and as we go into our study, we simply ask that the Spirit of God would open hearts to His truth. We're in Psalm 32. God has promised that those He forgives, He will remain with, and with them He offers guidance for their lives. He offers this guidance in a very unique expression that merits our further attention. God says, I will guide them with my eyes. The thought presses us all the way back to our childhood when a parent watched over us and followed our way, and when we watched them watching us to gain our cues on what to do and what not to do. It was a dance found in a mutual look. It was a relationship of love and direction. And God would hold such a relationship with us. He's interested in us. What does it mean for us? Well, it means we have to listen. We have to learn. We have to incorporate and act upon these things. And then be comforted that He's watching over us to catch us when we falter. To straighten us up as we go along our way so that we do not go astray. That's what we have to remind ourselves of. God guides us by giving us counsel, and then He watches over our way to correct and direct and train us. That's the first way that you can take this. Here's the second way. Also, it says, He guides us as well with the language of His eyes. God says, I will guide you with my eyes. That's the most careful, faithful way in which is stated within the Hebrew. People have thought, well, He had to have meant that He guides them by giving them instruction, and then He watches them, and possibly true, and I think it is, but... No, here he simply says, I will guide you with my eyes. I think that's the primary meaning here. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you need to deliver a message to someone and you can't say anything to them and all you can do is give them a look? This is what you do with your children when you're having a meal at a guest house and they're misbehaving at the table and you try to guide them with a light. I had the look given to me lots of times, not just for my parents, for my siblings. Usually I would say to them, to the weird looks they were giving me, what? What, 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 are you, what are you trying to say to me? In which case, they didn't just guide me with their eyes, but with a foot under the table, you know. I started getting kicked. Why are you kicking me in the shins? You know, It just went from there. But you know the circumstance. When you're trying to give instruction and you can't necessarily say something, but you can guide with your eyes. My mother was an expert at this. She would be in the room with my sister in her arms, uh, rocking her to sleep, you would come into the room playing cowboys and Indians. She couldn't interrupt the song she was singing, so you would be captured by a look. She would try to guide you with it. Actually, my mother didn't just guide me with her eyes. She would change her song. It would be, get out of this room, Joel or I'm going to spank your bottom. <laughs> if you don't put that down now. <laughs> But it started with a look of the eyes. You know, I've got to clear out. Have you ever noticed how little children, they know your instruction when they're infants and toddlers and how they test you by doing something they shouldn't do in your presence and they look you in the eyes? And they look to see if your eyes will change. By the way, have you ever seen when little kids finally are able to draw pictures of their family members or parents that they're this big head with these huge eyes, right? 
they're looking at the eyes. They're studying your eyes. They're looking to see if maybe they're going to let me get away with this. Wait, hold it. I think they mean business. Wait. God says, little child, I'm going to guide you with my eyes. I'm going to watch over you. Just look to me. Follow my instruction. This means, among other things, that God is disposed to teach us in the subtle ways of a look. He would rather guide us with the gentle means of his eyes than to place his hand heavy upon us. David had learned at the start of the psalm what it was like to be driven down in deep conviction of his sins by the hand of God heavily laid upon him. And it's as though God is saying to David, now look, let's not do that again. Listen, look to me and I'll guide you with my eyes. I'll just lead you. Learn to be attentive to me. Let's do it this way instead. Another thing that this means is that this kind of instruction where God guides us with His eyes can be easily missed if we're not looking for Him and looking to Him. The way that God prefers to instruct us, I believe, is through the subtleties of this kind of relationship, through the subtleties of a relationship, which He communicates His will and His life before us, strung out through the communion that we have with Him and His presence, watching Him and studying Him and being guided by His eyes. The fact is, if you go through your Bible and begin reading it, you'll begin to understand that Scripture seems to have been written to those who would be guided by God's eyes. Most of the truths that God has unfolded for us there are not easily understood except to the attentive ear, to the eye that is fixed upon gazing at Him and studying Him. It's not something that opens up just to the casual observer. It's why the Lord Jesus taught in parables. He taught in parables so that the individual that was just coming for a moment of curiosity would miss his main point and only those who were hungry to learn from him and study him and gather the nuance of his words and of his thoughts and his ideas and study his teaching within the context of his character and his person that they would understand what he was saying. He was saying, I want a relationship with you so I'm going to teach you in these subtle ways. And so what it teaches us is that we have to, in order to learn from Him, if we want to study Him and we want to be guided in wisdom and guided by God, we need to gaze upon Him. We need to look to Him attentively. We need to make it our goal to learn of Him and know Him. Forgiveness provides us that opportunity to get close to Him, to get near to Him. Forgiveness removes the barrier of my sin from a holy God through Jesus Christ and the shedding of His blood, I'm forgiven, I'm washed, I'm made a child of God, I'm brought through Jesus Christ in the very presence of God Himself so that I might gaze upon Him, this holy God, to learn of Him and study Him. And He illuminates life for me and He illuminates His will for me through His eyes, through His presence. Third thing that this means is if the eyes are the gate of the soul, then what God here is telling us is that He would lead us and guide us by revealing Himself to us and showing us His own nature and His own delights. Our guidance comes as we come to know God better, as God reveals His own good life to us in deep and intimate relationship with Him. The promise here then is that God will reveal to us not simply a rule of ethics, a series of steps and procedures that we must take in order to somehow live an acceptable life, but that God will reveal Himself to us and revealing Himself to us. 
He'll guide us. He'll guide us into His own character, into His own life, and deeper and deeper into a treasured relationship with Him so that He can be known by us. This is a call to give ourselves above everything else to knowing Him more and more. It's a call for us then, knowing that I've been forgiven through Jesus Christ. If you haven't experienced that, folks, you haven't even begun. If you've got some triumphant view that says, I'll just follow Jesus' example and I'll make my way into heaven. Heaven is all about an everlasting relationship with the everlasting God and it has to begin with your sins being forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's where you begin. And once you begin, you can begin the heavenly journey here on earth of knowing Him and progressing deeper and deeper into your knowledge of Him. It also means that when you obey Him and follow His will, you're not simply doing it in order to somehow maintain some moral characteristic that's superior to everyone else. It means that as you obey Him, what you're really doing is you're approximating His own nature and His own life and His own person so that in your obedience to Him, you can know Him better and enjoy Him more, experience more of His goodness, more of His life, that's why you don't lie, because God is truth. As I learn to keep myself from lies and I learn to speak the truth, I understand more of the deep reservoir of truth that is in God. I appreciate it and I approximate it and I express it and God expresses His life through me. And it's, it's all about the enjoyment of relationship. It's all about the delight of living under the songs of God's deliverance. In order to be guided by God's eyes then, we have to live and act, but we must live and act considering always what God is like, what would delight Him, what would reflect His honor in the world. Our goal, our primary goal should be to know God and to know God even in the way in which we live and the paths that we take and the decisions that we make. And this is the Christian life. And this is life everlasting, that we might know Him. That we might know Him and be guided deeper and deeper into His life. So, the parent holds their little child in their arms. Maybe they've been disciplined for something. Maybe they've heard the words of the songs of deliverance sung over them. The occasion comes, it doesn't happen very often, but usually it comes when a little child is being held by the parent they turn to the parent and they say, Daddy, I can see myself in your eyes. That's right. The little child can see their own image framed in the apple of their parent's eyes. And God says that we are the apple of his eye. And when we look to him, regardless of what his eye reflects that moment, whether it's anger at our sin, whether it's disappointment, whether it's love or encouragement or correction, you're at its center. You're at its center. And as you gaze into his eyes, you begin to learn the language that David was learning and the Lord Jesus taught us. You're beginning to learn to say, Abba, Daddy, Father, Dear Father, looking into him. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. We rejoice in you. We rejoice in your chastisements, in your correction. You have not done it, O oh God, for any other reason than to draw us near to yourself, to bring us into your presence, 
to awaken us to our consistent need to renew ourselves in the forgiveness that opened up to us when we put our faith in your Son, to wash us and cleanse us, and then to wrap us in your arms, to guide us, direct us. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you would teach us to turn our eyes to your eyes. I pray, dear God, that you would show us the proper advance into your word, that we would read it as your words, definitely, but that read your word spoken to us with your eyes upon us, that we read it to know you and experience you, to glorify you and live for you. And, oh God, that we would read it, that everyone here might experience the joy of reading it and studying it as one's utterly forgiven through Jesus Christ. I pray, dear God, that you would spare individuals today the ultimate defeat of finding that just being a good person will not work. Bring them low now to the place of utter surrender. Then have them hear the glad words of forgiven, reconciled, redeemed, singing over them. We praise you for that moment ourselves, Lord Jesus, and we renew in it on a daily basis. And we turn our eyes upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. O soul, are you wearied and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's life for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Thanks for listening in today to The Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our work in your community or around the world, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.